Today's How to Code Well podcast is brought to you in part by Hostinger. Go to hostinger.com forward slash Peter Fisher to get 91% off your web hosting. Use the discount code Peter Fisher at checkout. Links in the show notes below. Hello, coders, and welcome to the first episode of season three of the How to Code Well podcast. I'm joined by Jeremy Onion. Hi, Jeremy. How have you had a good week? Yes, it's yeah. been a very good week. Thank you very much. Awesome. How are you good yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. It's a bit of a weird one because we're actually recording this um, in December before yeah. Christmas. So I can't ask you how your Christmas has been because Christmas is in a few days time. Yeah. <laughs> So I really appreciate you coming on because I know that you're super busy. Um, and today we want to talk about the first things that one should learn when they get into web development. That's the topic of today's show. So let's start by asking, uh, what should new developers learn first? Should it be a framework or should it be a language? So I know there are a lot of debate about this um, in various <laughs> mediums. My my personal feeling is you should always learn the language first. Right. Um, learning a framework is absolutely fine um, to some extent. So uh, particularly if you're using something like Drupal or WordPress or Angular, but the instant something goes wrong mm. and it's not doing what you should you're completely lost. Right. If you understand and you've learned from the language upwards, so um, then you are going to be in a position where when you're trying to put a custom field on a, a template in WordPress and it's not working, you can actually dive into the code and you can understand what's going on. So you've got a much better chance of being able to resolve um, any issues. It'll also help you with understanding possibly why frameworks work in the way they do. Because if there are some peculiarities of the underlying um, language, um, PHP, for example, there are some interesting ways that you compare items. So when you're comparing two variables, it goes through some interesting rules before it gets to a, a valid comparison, including typecasting mm -hmm. in certain ways. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand some of these these things that are within language, mm -hmm. that can trip you up when you're actually working with the framework. So mm. I think personally, I feel that you need that basic understanding. Mm. You don't have to necessarily be an expert in the language by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But if you don't know it at all, you are really going to struggle as soon as things get a bit more complicated. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. It's like you need to learn the fundamentals before you can, uh, before you can appreciate the frameworks. And mm. I, I, yeah, I see this a lot with new devs where they, they will learn the language through the eyes of the framework. Mm -hmm. Um, so instead of, instead of appreciating how the language works, it's how it, how it is manipulated through the framework. Yes. Um, so there are a lot of like, uh, methods or classes or objects or what have you in these languages that do a lot of things like for instance uh the array functions in php and mm. yet there are frameworks who do the same thing I'm, I'm comparing things here for like jquery versus javascript that kind of thing where yeah. there are things in javascript that can select elements um and there are other ways of doing it in jquery Yes. And I bring jQuery up because um, jQuery isn't as popular as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So if you've learned your, if you've learned to code through jQuery and you don't understand JavaScript, yep. then you're going to have a problem when jQuery isn't as popular 
when mm-hmm. you want to move to another project. Is this the case though with um, both backend and front end languages and frameworks? I, I would say so. And there's a uh, there's a similar thing um, if you look at say Drupal. So Drupal right. um, version seven was very much Drupal. Mm. It's it's a own entity. As soon as you migrate to version eight, um, it's built on top of Symfony, mm-hmm. and it's a lot more composer driven. Although you could use composer with version seven um, right. if you know if you wanted to. So your your cha- the framework itself is changing a lot, but the tools that you're using, like Symfony mm. uh, and Composer, if you're if you are a general purpose PHP developer as well, mm. you're going under- to already have a, a head start on understanding those tools and how they work. Particularly Composer, because I don't know of many reasons not to utilize it nowadays within PHP. It's pretty much ubiquitous. If you're a PHP developer, you should probably understand and, and know how to use Composer, even if it's just to use libraries. Um, to make your job easier. So, so. that's so that's an interesting point. Uh, one I would like to pick up on is so Composer, NPM, uh, yep. Ruby Gems, all of that stuff. When should a developer learn those? As soon as you get to the point where you're doing um, something that requires some some sort of library of that type. So if you're doing, when you're starting off and you're doing simple Hello World applications and things like that, mm. you, you're probably not going to need Composer or an NPM or anything like that because you're using native um, stuff within the language. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start to progress beyond that, so say maybe you're starting to, maybe you're doing a PHP project and you're actually starting to consume uh, an API, so you're getting stuff from the internet and you're doing something with it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to other platforms. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're doing some more complex form validation um, in the front end um, or you're doing more complicated graphic stuff, that's when you'll probably start looking for libraries initially to help you do what you're doing. Because one of the key things about a good developer is good developers are lazy. I've had lots of conversation with lots of people about this and they say, what do you mean they're lazy? Um, A good developer won't rewrite code if they don't have to. They will reuse stuff they can do. So you start to think and you start to work in a modular way as you become more experienced. And one of the key things there is if there's a library out there that's already does what you need and it's being maintained by hundreds of other people, it's being used by hundreds more people, it makes sense to use that because you're you mm-hmm. uh, or maybe you're part of a small team if you're lucky. So that, you know, 5, 10, 15, there might be slightly more of you. Mm. If you compare that with an open source project that's probably being used by thousands of people, mm. being maintained, hundreds of people can put pull requests in for it. They'll have found all the bugs. They'll have written it for you. So they'll have done a lot of the hard work, and then you can utilize uh, their work. But it's not to say you shouldn't give credit to people, and you should always give back, You know, even just helping with documentation or something like that. Right. And there's a whole load of stuff you can do, do to help open source projects, even if you're just beginning and you're not, you don't feel confident as a coder. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and it's always good to give back. But that's you probably, as soon as you go beyond, you know, where you have a need for a library or there's something out there that will help, right. then that's probably the, the, the time where you should start learning about these things. So um, so this is the not invented here sort of uh, headspace, isn't it? This this, this yeah. thing of, yeah. of this this package is already out there, so why, why yeah. spend time rebuilding it? However... Yeah. When you are starting out, it's probably best to build things yourself rather than use the tools that are available, uh, use the packages that are already there. 
Um, I'd say you probably want to get balance. Yeah. So you, you need to you need to understand enough of the basics to be able to understand what the the, the package is doing. So if you're going to use a package, look into it, try and understand what it's doing. Mm -hmm. But also be careful about which packages you're using and for what reason. So there was a there was an issue a little while ago with npm where uh, a simple JavaScript function that everybody was using I think it was Trim or something like that. It was uh, Leftpad, I believe. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah, something that's very something, easy something to do like natively. That. Yeah, everybody was using it. They removed it from npm. All these websites suddenly wouldn't build anymore, mm. um, and that was using that was using something for the sake of using it because it is so easy to do something like that. So. It's, it's about balance and so much in this industry is, you know, don't use a library just, just for the sake of it. Use it for a good reason. But also you should, you should definitely have an understanding of what the library is doing and you should look at the code as well. Um, there have been, um, and this is going on a little bit from, you know, from someone just starting out, but it's something that, you, that should be, um, in your mind. Um, there was a big hack with the BA website. Um, a little while ago, a lot of credit cards um, data was harvested. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that that was down to an NPM uh, module, um, one that had been infected with malware that was pulled in and utilized. So, you know, in the back of your mind, you need to be understanding what does this do? Because, you know, if, if you do, you know, go into web development, you end up working for, you know, a larger company and you're dealing with things like you know, personal details. It doesn't have to be credit card. It could be just personal details it could be medical information you know there are a lot of different things you could be dealing with mm -hmm. you have to understand whether or not you know the, the libraries you're using if you are going to use that have got issues or are malicious mm. so so yeah there there has to be that understanding there definitely and also there are um certainly with composer um if you're then starting to again we're moving on a lot from your your, your beginning mm -hmm. but with composer you can do things like set up your auto loading classes and things like that mm -hmm. so there is a lot that you can do with these libraries other than just pull in mm -hmm. uh, you know, other you know other libraries and, and things like that so yeah. that's a, that's another thing to do is, is if you are using composer npm or anything like that learn about it and learn the full suite of what it can do and what it's capable of not just yeah. you know just not the just, bits that are on Stack Overflow for the problem you're trying to solve. Not just Composer Require. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, something that I would add is is that Composer is essentially, well, one of the good things for Composer is the fact that it does the auto-loading, as you mentioned. But auto-loading itself is a concept that needs to be learned. Um, yes. And so I would advise not to learn, not to learn Composer until I understand what, what auto-loading actually is. Um, same with same with uh, npm. You know, knowing how to import modules. You know, you can create your own modules in in JavaScript and learn how modules work without having yes. to use npm um, to, to 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 use other things. So you could create your own little components and modules and, and bits and pieces. Um, and also things like see. I mean. I think there is a there's a distinction that needs to be made between back-end developers and front-end developers because it's very different as to how one starts to learn, I think, because with front-end devs, you're dealing with uh you're dealing with what I call the 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 major three. You've got the CSS, the HTML, and the JavaScript. Yes. Um with the back-end devs, you're you're dealing with 
databases, data structures, you're dealing with uh, HTTP requests and responses, you're dealing with um, server-sided languages. Um, and so it, it's, it can be a bit tricky to, I guess, to sort of work out what needs to be learned first for both Java's, for both a front end and a, a back end developer. Yeah. Um, I think that with front end devs, you, there are, there are so many things to learn for, for getting mm -hmm. the front end to work, not only the, the, the code, but also the user experience and all of that stuff as well. The actual theory behind um, clicking buttons and what happens with, when that happens. Um, yes. And then with the back end, you've got, you know, security, data management, and all of that other stuff, sessions yeah. and, and all that jazz. So what, what, what kind of, what should a developer choose if they're going for a front end? Where should they start? And then we'll, 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 we'll talk about it from the back end point of view. So, so if, if, um, if you, it's, it's interesting and, and there's a problem here because the nowadays, if you look at things like single page apps and things like that, um, and then you're starting to look, you start to look at offline storage. Um, there, there's so much crossover now between the two fields. I don't think it's as easy to separate them anymore as it used to be. Gotcha. So for example, if you're using view or react or something like that, you can, um, there are, um, certainly in view, there's something called SQLize, mm -hmm. which is, a uh, ORM system for you. Mm -hmm. um, so you're already starting to get into database, data schemas, things like that. Um, you've got, um, you know, you're doing REST calls um, in reverse effectively, but you're still doing that sort of thing uh, when you're doing single page apps as well. So I'd say that the line is blurred quite a bit there. I yeah. think um, probably the, the first thing you're going to have to learn no matter what is going to be HTML and CSS. Mm -hmm because you can't get your layouts um, built on the front end without those. So those and understanding CSS properly, mm -hmm. um, including how weightings work and things like that, it's difficult, but that's going to be a fundamental um, because it, it doesn't matter if you're then using JavaScript or you're generating everything using PHP or Python or using Gatsby or any of those you know, systems. If you can't create the HTML structure of your page. And if you can't style it up using CSS, you're already on losing streak and you probably want to consider backend, maybe sure. if you're determined to be a developer. Mm -hmm. um, design and UI, UX interaction is a whole nother field. And you can do that without being able to code. Mm -hmm. And you can code without being able to do, to do that. Um, if you're interested in that side of things, um, or if you're, you know, you're, you're just doing stuff by yourself, there are a lot of great resources out there mm -hmm. um, for learning um, about UI UX. Um, Udemy do some good courses. Um, you, I believe Code Academy does some some courses about that as well. But that that's a whole specialism in itself. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say JavaScript probably comes a bit further down the line. Um, than those two because mm. you have to be able to do the basics and the fundamental. Mm. Um, then you're probably going to want to learn JavaScript, um, possibly jQuery off the back of that initially, mm. um, because there you can start creating web pages. You can start doing the animations, the interactions, things like that, without having to learn a framework and being, uh, you know, taken down a specific path. Mm. Um, because one of the key things you want to do as a developer, and I, you, you, you're going to want to come on to this a bit later yeah. on, is don't just have one um, one tool in your toolbox. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. If you ever if you ever taking your car in for a service, you don't see a mechanic with just a hammer and doing everything on your car with just a hammer. It's the right tool for the right job. 
Yeah, you use a screwdriver when you're trying to unscrew a screw. You use spanners when you've got much. It's the same with web development. You use the right tools for yeah. the job. Well, like I said, I know you want to um, unpack that a bit more as well. <laughs> but getting the JavaScript in so you can you can learn to do your stuff like that, and then maybe jQuery on top of that. Gotcha. I'd say those should be if you if you want to get into front end development, mm. those are the three key. Mm. That's the trinity of things you need to learn. Yeah, it's HTML and CSS first. Right. Because they give your page structure and they they make it they give you page layout and everything else and then finally JavaScript on top of that. Totally agree. I totally agree with that. Um, and I agree with the fact that JavaScript can be ran on the back end and therefore it's actually quite muddied the water there. Um, yes, it's not it's yes. not as clear cut as I first said, but it's the thing is. With JavaScript, if you if you take away the fact that JavaScript can run on in Node and and you need to learn mm -hmm. Node in order to do that, you first need to yeah. learn JavaScript and therefore you exactly. you need to understand how JavaScript works on the client um, yeah. rather than on the back end. Yeah. Um, but also, a browser is a good good tool for learning and prototyping oh, yeah. and doing stuff with JavaScript yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, especially in the console, um, yeah. you know, you, you've got debugger built into that. Um, you got the ability to interrogate what's going on while you're stopped and things like that. So, yeah. you know, definitely JavaScript, you should learn the front end uses of it first. Should, um, should a back end developer though, should they learn HTML and CSS before they learn PHP or Python? Um, I think they can learn it. It depends on what they're doing and how they're going to do it. I, I think every developer should understand HTML mm -hmm. and to some extent CSS. Mm -hmm. um, because at the very least, the chances are you're going to be outputting some HTML snippets at some point. And if you don't understand how classes are applied at the very least or mm -hmm. how selectors work and things like that, then it's going to make it just more difficult for the front-end dev if you've got it split like that. Yeah. Now, quite a few roles nowadays are looking for full-stack um, developers, which means that there will be some element of understanding the front-end that's required. Mm -hmm. And... Even if you're thinking, well, I only write APIs, then I will almost guarantee that back end is going to have an admin page somewhere. Yeah. So you're yeah. going to be able to log in and change things. Yeah. Chances are that's still going to fall under your remit. So, yeah. you know, even if you're not able to do, you know, parallax scrolling uh, in CSS or, or CSS based animations or something like that, mm -hmm. having mm -hmm. that fundamental understanding of this is the you know, this is the structure of a HTML page. This is how CSS is applied. This is how I get my form looking like it was done by someone who knows what they're doing, not just a bog standard developer, <laughs> which is what my admin pages look like. To, to be perfectly honest, I'm not good at front end stuff. I I tend to be back end anyway, mm. um, but I do understand um, front end. I do understand how it all works. I'm just not very good at making it look. Nice. So I think uh, that yeah, I think that that's yeah. that's the that's the difference between like understanding and using it to, yes. to um, having an appreciation and some knowledge of it. Right. So, mm -hmm. so um, like, for example, I, there's certain things in the front end stuff um, that I am aware of. I've read articles mm -hmm. on, I, but I've never actually written any code using such a, such a library or such a framework, but I've yeah. got a, half an eye on it. And I think that, I think this is something that, um, developers just have to do because the world of web development is changing and evolving so much. Um, oh, yeah. And you mentioned earlier that Drupal moving on to Symfony stuff. Well, 
that might change like in the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen in five years' time. Nobody knows if uh, React is going to still be around or if Fuse is going to be around because these weren't around 10 years ago, right? So you can't, you can't, it's very difficult to put all of your eggs in this one basket. Um, and um, it's, so it's always good to have, be aware of what's happening. It's like on the provisional uh, your views, yeah. you know, what, what, what could be coming up around the corner. Yeah, um, so in your opinion, what is the quickest way that someone could, you know, if they were listening to this and they thought, Hey, you know what, my new year's resolution is to learn to code, you know, mm -hmm. what would the first thing you say be for, you know, to them as to what, you know, how would they start? What would, what would you suggest? I, I think the key thing for development front end or back end is to actually do it you you're not um you can get some information by you know watching videos reading books mm -hmm. um listening to podcasts there, there's a wealth of information out there but unless you're actually doing it you, you're not going to get it. and you need to start with the fundamentals um it's definitely like we've already said a case of start with the languages mm -hmm. so you can use um things like um i know as um on how to go well you've got a few projects that you're doing where you're taking people through from the beginning of you know this is the problem we're trying to solve and this is how we're, we're doing it mm -hmm. and introducing design patterns and good uh, practices like that yeah those sort of things are absolutely fantastic to do along with things like code challenges um or tutorials mm -hmm. um the key thing is try to find something that gets you to actually do it yourself and not just talks at you yeah um and and give it a go you yeah. know ask people if you know people in the industry to critique your code yeah. um yeah. that's good to do as well be careful uh, about who you ask, though. Um, and if you ever get to a point where you're critiquing other people's code, remember that you started at some point as well. Oh, so yeah. constructive, you know, not just a, what are you doing this, you idiot? You know, don't go down that route. That's not, that's not good. So that's why you have to be a little bit careful about who you ask to critique your code. Make sure it's someone who can be constructive and helpful and not just, you know, putting you down. And remember, everybody started out. Nobody came out of the womb knowing how to code. You know, we've all learnt and we've all got where we are through practice, making mistakes, fixing them. Um, if everybody wrote perfect code, we wouldn't have things like XDB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't happen. We wouldn't bother with unit tests. Everything would be hunky-dory. Yeah, That's course. not how things work. So yeah. so get in there and actually just try it. And, um, you know, if, if you've got a computer, then you've already got all the tools you need to be able to develop. Yeah. Um, you've got a number of IDEs you can download to use. Um, mm. I know people that, that still code in Notepad. Mm. So, yeah. so you know, you, you don't need all of these fancy tools, although there are a lot of good tools out there to help you. Um, I remember when I started out, um, you know, there, YouTube wasn't a thing. Nope. You know, tutorials online weren't a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it was very much a, you know, just try it. Um, and I, th I think one of the other key things that will help is if you find, try and find a problem to solve, but it's some, something that you're interested in or you really enjoy. Now, it doesn't matter if there's already someone else has done something that solves that same problem mm -hmm. because there are 101 task list managers out there. There are invoicing platforms out there. There are blogs you know, blog platforms out there. You may have heard of something called WordPress. That's quite good for blogs. Mm -hmm. um, but that shouldn't stop you. 
just because someone else has already as someone else has already done it, you, this shouldn't stop you trying so that you can get an understanding of how these systems fit together. Start off small. So start off with something like maybe a, a simple task list. Uh-huh. You know, something that you can maybe you know, put the tasks in and possibly rearrange them on screen. Uh-huh. Now, if you can drag and drop your last your your list to order it, and you've got that stored in the database somewhere, you've covered off an awful lot of functionality there. Yeah. Um, it will then you can then sort of expand, and then maybe you can have it. Oh, I'll have it either email me a reminder or send me a push notification. Uh-huh. You know. Um, there's so much you can then do to extend these things yeah. but uh, don't go big straight away either start off small start off with a yeah i'd love to be able to solve this problem let's break it down let's do this tiny bit first and slowly build up to it well it's it's remarkable how small things that they they, they seem small on the offset yes. are actually huge they're actually yes. ginormous um yeah because then you start you know you, you you're considering all sorts of aspects of yeah. Not, not only the the user journey, but how the data is stored. You know what happens when this button's pressed, and yeah. you know all of this stuff. Um, the interactions are validations. Exactly. Uh, you know whether yeah. it, whether that then fires off another process. Yeah. Whenever anybody says to me, um, and we still get this um, a lot with with clients and things like that, but it's just the button. Mm, yeah, I bet. And then there's a there's the kind of depending on who I'm talking to, um, but there will quite often be a, a large list of things that have to be thought about for mm-hmm. that just that button to appear there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it is, and, and it, it does start to, uh, it can quite quickly unpack from, you know, a simple, what, what seems like a simple little challenge to all of this massive um, stuff um, that, you, you know, that you, you maybe just didn't think of. And then all of a sudden, as you're doing, you think, oh, no, what happens when I do that? All right, I'm going to have to look at that now. And I'm going to have to work out how this impacts this over here, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're quite tightly coupled as well, because you change something over here and then something over here is suddenly broken. You're mm-hmm. thinking, hang on. Yeah, I find web development, as a, it's a very weird uh, thing to learn because you have to be comfortable n- – uh, accepting the fact that you're not ever going to learn all of it. Um, oh, God, no. <laughs> but as long as you've got that curiosity, that itch that you, you want to scratch every time you wake up and you go, hang on a minute, this is something that is new here. I'm, I'm this is something I'm learning here. Um, yeah. It's a want to improve as well. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's this idea that you're not just going to stick with the status quo. You're going to, you yeah. want to improve things. You want to make things better. You want to, take something and just give it that little extra bit of, mm. you know, uh, an extra bit of functionality or, you know, a bit of polish or just mm. make it work in a slightly different way. And that's the thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, a whole brand new thing. It can just be a small improvement. A small yeah. Iterations. That's, that's, the, that is the key is small iterations, increments that get, yes. that, that, uh, that, that in, improve the project over time, like a fine wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we mentioned earlier about um, eggs in baskets and and many programming languages. Yes. Let's start by talking about when should. So let's say you've you've started on your journey and you've mm-hmm. you've 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 decided to learn a bit of HTML. Um, when should one go? Mm, I'm going to learn JavaScript now, or, or I'm going to learn CSS now. I, I'd say um, with with those those two, it's as soon as you have a need for it. So once once you once you've got a you know a, say a form mm-hmm. um, on a, a, a page, um, 
because the standard styling in most browsers isn't too bad now, mm-hmm. you might suddenly think, do you know what? I can submit this to my PHP, but I want quicker feedback for the user if they've typed in a password that doesn't meet the criteria. Yeah. That's that's the point where you want to introduce JavaScript. Okay. Uh, so as soon as there is a need to do so, that's probably when you want to introduce um, that language or that that part of the language so the same with css you know i've got you know i've, I've now written this 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 javascript i've got a form that tells you when things are wrong but it doesn't look very pretty so then you're going to start looking at how do i style it up how do i make it look better you know what other things can i do likewise you know with, with your home page you're probably thinking do you know what it'd be nice if this came whooshing here as i scroll down <laughs> and all this sort of stuff um and using other sites for inspiration as well is a good way so yeah. if you're seeing that you know, a, a site that you like the look of that manages to achieve something, mm-hmm. then that's the time where you want to go investigating, right, how did they achieve that? How can I do that? What do I need to learn to do that? Right. Uh, because, you know, it could be that they've done it in JavaScript, in CSS, it could be something else that they've used to do that. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know. I think that I think that if you're not careful in, in learning the right things in the right order, it, when, yeah. you're, when you're starting out at least – Mm-hmm. then it can it can give you a skew a negative skew on certain ways the languages and frameworks and libraries will hang together so for example right for example if if you go oh, i'm going to learn javascript i've never learned javascript before but i'm going to learn javascript but i'm going to do it in react i'm going to learn react i'm going to learn how to create react components yes. i'm going to learn to create css in javascript yeah <laughs> You, you then have that sort of knowledge that CSS is part of JavaScript. It's not actually something separate. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying at all that that, that um, CSS shouldn't be in JavaScript, but I, I just think that there is a danger of, of not being aware of the actual fundamentals of where, mm-hmm. these, where these programming languages start and finish. Yeah. It, well, this is the key thing as to why it needs to be when you have that need. Yeah. Um, because if you're going to do something like put the CSS in, in the JavaScript, which, like I said, for certain use cases, is perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. You have to understand why you're doing that and what you're doing that for and yeah. what's the reasoning behind that. So this this is where you, you, know, you build up to it. So you start off with, right, I need to put some validation on here. How do I achieve that? It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice, specific, defined goal. And you look for, because you're a good developer, so you're lazy, it's the path of least resistance. What's the easiest way to achieve this? Now, it's not going to be the entire uh, React framework. It's going to be, at most, a library or write something yourself. Mm -hmm. And by writing something yourself natively, you'll actually understand what's going on. Or if you are going to use a library, make sure you understand it. Going back to what I said before, don't use code if you don't understand what it does. The same with Stack Overflow. If you search for, you know, solutions online, and we all do it, you know, I don't mean there's a single developer that hasn't at some point look to, to google i don't understand on here what should, am i doing wrong mm-hmm. make sure that anything you see you actually do you step through and you actually understand what's going on because otherwise you've not helped yourself all you've done is introduce code that you can't maintain you can't change and you can't explain what's going on you know to someone else if necessary definitely definitely so no, you definitely need to do that it's a bit like it's it's akin to if i was learning to say fly glider yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've got my gliders license i'm able to take an unpowered um flight machine up and i can someone releases the tow rope i know all about 
rising on thermals and I can go a distance, I can land it properly, brilliant. Mm. I can't then go and straight away pilot the space shuttle down from space. <laughs> it's, it's the same concept. It's yeah. still a plane. Yeah. It's still got wings. It's still using aerodynamics to be able to, you know, maintain a glide path. But yeah. other yeah. than that, no, they're completely different. And right. that's the thing. You have to build up to these things. If you ever, um, if you do decide, or if, if you ever looked into um, doing your private pilot's license, you start off with being able to fly in good visibility on a single engine plane, mm-hmm. and then you have to add more things to your license. Multi-engine, well, that's an additional test because there's additional skills you need. Flying by instruments, so you can fly at night or in bad weather, oh, that's an additional test. You want to go from propeller to jet engine. Oh, that's an additional one. And it, you have to build up. And the same with web development. You can't expect, oh, I know how to traverse an array in JavaScript so I can now write a React application. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You have to build up to it and you have to learn these steps. And it's possible. It's, it's all possible. And anybody can do, can do this um, as long as you have the right mindset while you're doing it. Yeah. But you have to build up to it. Don't expect just because you've learned some JavaScript and you know how to build a web page that you can suddenly write a single page app. It yeah. takes time, but you can get there. Just make sure that you give yourself the time to do it. Oh, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. What's your opinion on this in the context of backend stuff? So let's say, for example, a dev's been working on some PHP for the past <laughs> six months or whatever, and yeah. then decides maybe they would like to learn a bit of Python. Um mm-hmm. When should you do that? Um, there are, I'd say there are probably two reasons for learning another, uh, an additional language to the ones you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that you are finding that the language you're using, you're having to do things in such a convoluted way to achieve the results you want. Mm-hmm. The chances are there's going to be a better tool out there. Um, so, yeah, there are certain things that Python does very well that PHP doesn't and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are good reasons um, for, you know, for using both. And the same with Ruby. Yeah. Um, Ruby Ruby can be quite opinionated in, in some ways. But mm-hmm. if you're trying to do something quickly and rapidly, um, then Ruby can quite often be a lot quicker because it will do a lot for you in background, particularly if you're using Rails. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say one of the reasons would be for um, because the language you're using just doesn't seem suited for what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, RNF particularly fall into this category. So they're quite specialist languages for mathematics and things like that. So you wouldn't want to use those if you're just trying to do form validation or you're trying to just save something to a database. But if you're doing um, stuff involving complex equations and things like that, then they're probably something you'd want to look at. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are specialist language out, out there for certain domains. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be the other reason for looking at a language. If you're moving into a specialist area or domain, mm-hmm. um, so for example, if you're starting to look at robotics and automation, you're probably going to look at Rust or something like that as a language. Um, and you know, Google will tell you about lots of different languages for lots of different domains. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the other reason. Um, yeah. The other one would be you know, curiosity. So that kind of kind of makes free. Although I kind of put the domain specific language in the best tool for the job um, kind of bucket. So, you know, if, you know, if you're, you know, just for, for the pure fun of it, if you want to learn a bit of Python or understand a bit of, you know, maybe it's, you've got some friends that are, that are using Python or Perl even. Mm. Yeah. If you <laughs> want to stretch your mind about that far. Yeah, gosh. And yes. you want to find out what the heck they're talking about, then, you know, getting into trying things in a different way. It also helps you sometimes approach things in a different way as well, because if you, if you move to using a different language, 
and it has a very different way of thinking about things. Sometimes you can then apply that to the language you were using. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a, there's an idea that some people have. I don't know whether it's true or not. But um, if you've got a dog, um, as you and I both do, sometimes <laughs> when you talk to them, they'll turn their head to one side, right? As if trying to kind of understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and there is some 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 scientific basis that says which a problem from from a different viewpoint, which could be as simple as tilting your head. This is kind of where um, the rubber duck debugging technique comes uh, from as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Then that'll get you thinking in a different way, and sometimes yeah. you'll find a a different solution to the same problem uh-huh. just by having a different viewpoint. So this is why sometimes you'll we'll be working on a problem, you go away from your desk, and all of a sudden it be bang, I know what the problem is. You can come back and fix it. It's this whole perspective thing. And having a different language or the understanding of how different languages work and you know, different syntax and things like that sometimes can give you that, you know, that inspiration moment to solving a problem as well. I agree. So a lot I know there's a lot of communities where a lot of people are like, Oh, you gotta use PHP, it's the best one and other people are like, PHP is shit, use Python. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't listen no. to them at all. No. Learn as many possible it, it's yeah. it's like I said with the mechanic analogy. Have as many tools as you've got, then you're gonna have a better tool for the job or the best tool for the job. Mm-hmm. You know, don't assume that it's one size fits all with any, you know, it's the same with frameworks on the front end. Um, it's languages, it's anything at all, databases, you know, operating systems, you know, you can, you can apply this to absolutely anything, you know, even cloud providers. Mm-hmm. They all do certain things very well, and there are other things they don't necessarily do as well as some of the other options. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and the more you know about all of them, A, the, the more chance you've got of picking the, the better tool for the job, mm-hmm. but also the, the the better your breadth of knowledge of how to solve certain uh, problems are, so that if you are stuck in one language mm. it may give you some insight necessary to help you resolve um, the issues you're having you said earlier about um pearl and um yes. <laughs> I, 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 back a fair way i remember writing pearl yes can't remember why i did it <laughs> is there anything is there anything that you've uh, that you've learned or concerned yourself with when you were starting out which you wish you didn't uh, yeah, this is an interesting question, this one. <laughs> um, so WYSIWYG Editors right. was probably a mistake I made. So front page in the earlier versions of Dreamweaver. Um, because, and it's the same, I guess it's a, kind of the same reason why you don't learn a framework or um, something like that first. It hides too much of what's going on from you. Mm-hmm. So if you ever, um, I mean, I I don't even know if you can get front page nowadays. Um, but if you ever use um, even just a tiny MCE, for for instance, or, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of swear now, using Word to generate a HTML document. So if you ever do something in Word yeah. and then export it as HTML oh. and you look at the code it generates, oh. it is not easy to work with, to put it politely. And this was part of the problem with WYSIWYG editors. You could get things laid out quite nicely. But then when you dive into the code and try and understand it, and you've got to remember this is before CSS was really that powerful. Mm-hmm. So nine times out of ten, you'd end up using a table for layout and things like that. So it wasn't particularly um, good. It didn't, you know, certainly wasn't responsive. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't too much of a problem because most people just had an 800 by 600 monitor anyway. <laughs> Going back a bit. The old CRTs, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, so that side of it wasn't necessarily so much of an issue, but 
you really didn't understand necessarily what was going on. And anything that hides what's going on from you is not good for you as a developer because it's difficult to learn um, what's going on. So you wouldn't be able to, you know, if I draw, if I did was to do a layout in, say, front page, and then look at the code and try and understand what's going on, mm. very, very difficult, as opposed to if I coded it myself, because uh, then I understand exactly what's happening. Um, but also, it, it will do things in such a way that aren't necessarily best practice or, or that good. Um, so that hiding stuff from you and, you know, you, you then, it doesn't help you as a developer to learn about what's going on. Um, so I'd say you probably want to, and there is an argument in general for avoiding IDEs initially when you're first learning to code and sticking with something like maybe Sublime or Notepad or mm -hmm. another simple editor. I don't necessarily subscribe to that idea myself. Um, I think that it's good to learn how to use these tools quite quickly, mm -hmm. as long as you don't miss out on learning the fundamentals of how the language works. So you have to be disciplined enough to make sure you don't rely on the IDE too much. That's yeah, initially. very good point. Yeah, but I don't think that there's an issue with that because there's so much out there, like you know, Xdebug and things like that, that can really help you yeah. with coding and particularly as you, you know get you into doing more stuff. But certainly WYSIWYG editors, that's something that I wish I'd just never even bothered with. <laughs> it was, it really was. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's, that's probably for me. Um, other than that, I don't think anything else where I, I learned something and it didn't work, I don't see as, as a failure because I learned, you know, if, if nothing else, I learned that that doesn't work. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it improved my knowledge anyway. The WYSIWYG thing just didn't improve my knowledge. That was something that just made life more difficult and I didn't gain, my net gain was nothing other than sinking time into unpicking stuff and yeah. trying to relearn how things work or trying to learn it anyway separately so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i mean I, th I think for me um the so i've learned a load of stuff that don't that doesn't really exist anymore like i mentioned pearl um yeah. uh, action script yep um and you know there's there's, a, there's other things but i think that i wouldn't look upon them as something that i would regret I think I would look upon them as something that I needed to learn at the time. Yeah. Um, and it gives me the attitude of what I'm coding on in now may never exist in a few years time. You know, there, there's always, and the weird thing with action script was it was, you know, because it was flash and Apple decided to, to put the nail in the coffin with flash. Mm -hmm. um, it was an influence from a company that yeah. really prevented Flash from, I mean, Flash has obviously a whole bunch of other problems as well for security and stuff like that. But it was, it was very fascinating. It was like, this is actually being influenced by and manipulating by, by companies that are, um, you know, trying to have their own agenda and, yeah. other, and other things like that. So it was like a real sort of wake up call that just because you're in your nice little comfort zone, doesn't mean that that can be shattered by something completely external yeah um, and it, it it doesn't have anything to do with the popularity of the platform that, you're using um yeah. or the you know how suitable it is for the job that you're doing mm. or any of that sort of stuff it can yeah. yeah it can i mean you you look at things like um the on a bit further field so javascript.net things like that yeah they're all competing technologies they all do their jobs very well but yeah. if if microsoft were 
to decide to suddenly change .NET in some way, shape, or form, or you know, supersede that with something else. Mm. Not a lot you can do about that. No. It's you know, kind of you know, it's it's out of your hands as a developer. Yeah. And this is why having a number of tools available. Um, you know, to your fingertips is important because if there are issues where you know certain technologies get deprecated, or you know there is a new flavor of the month, or the, you know there's a split in the community, for example. So, which has happened with a number of open source projects, yeah. Yeah. which have then led to you know there being competing versions of effectively the same um, platform. Um, you know, OpenOffice and LibreOffice are you know a good example of that, where there was community. You know, there there wasn't alignment on where the project was going so it split so yeah. there were then two versions of the same um product mm-hmm. uh, you know it's happened with with quite a few and it will continue to happen yeah yeah so so yeah from um if you th- if you can think back to when you started um well that's that's pushing it <laughs> are you able to compare the methods in which you you learned how to code then compared to how you are learning now is there is there anything that is there any fundamental changes? Um, oh yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so when when I first started to learn to code, you have to remember there wasn't there, there wasn't um, YouTube or anything like that. Mm. Um, mm. Even the internet itself was you know it was mainly dial up, um, not a terribly quick dial up as well. Um, so a lot of my learning came from books and things like that. So um, they were you know so. It's kind of a trade-off there. So they were books, so they were they were written um, and edited, so they were good technical volumes, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But it was all written text. There was no demo. Uh, they had sample code in there, but obviously you had to type it in unless you were lucky enough to have a floppy disk or then <laughs> throw CD-ROM with the code on, which you could then load in. Wow. To some to some extent, that kind of worked as a bit of an advantage because it meant you actually had to type the code in. And I think that you, by actually typing in code and understanding what's going on, um, that can help solidify your learning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, certainly when I started, there were, you know, rocks and Sam's, um, you know, things like that. Learn something in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was that was not initially how I got into it. Mm-hmm. And when you compare that with now with things like um, Coursera, which are, you know, where you've got um, courses done by uh, universities, some of which are free, some of which are paid for, but you have peer marking quite often. So um, certain courses I've done, you submit your code and then you have other people on the course evaluating your code obviously checking it's running as well but you know critiquing what you've done mm-hmm. um to things like code academy where you're actually filling in the code there and then into um you know into the browser mm. um to all the tutorials like you know how to code well um and why have you on youtube where you've got access to a wealth of information some of it good some of it bad yeah um, but you've, you've got so much access to stuff. Um, and I, I find now, um, that I was, I used to be quite happy learning from books that never used to be an issue for me. I'd quite happily read it. I'd take it in, um, and I'd be able to work with that. No problem. Nowadays, I find that I, I'd much prefer, um, videos and actually doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if it's a, if it's a video about something, I'll quite often be stopping it, trying out something myself in, you know, my IDE 
you know, try trying different things or if, if they show a way to do something, I'll quite often then start changing it and seeing what else I can do mm. uh, with, with that, uh, with that code and maybe that pattern and things like that. Mm. Um, I still use books occasionally, uh, but they tend to be more reference type books. So, mm. you know, something like the Gang of Four uh, design patterns, um, I'll quite often refer back to that. Clean Coder um, and Clean Code are good books to go back and revisit every so often. Yeah. But yeah, a lot more of it is done by that. And um, things like uh, coding um, dojos and things like that are quite good as well. So the way you've got a simple coding challenge that you can then use. Um, a really good one I did uh, not too long ago is writing something using test-driven development. <clears throat> Write something to encode integers is Roman numerals. Okay. Right. Uh, it's really it's, it's it's really good. It's really easy because yeah. um, you can start off with what well, I one that's I two I I oh I like this I just keep an adding adding an I on as I count through the number. Okay, five is V. I can manage that. Okay, four is I V. Ah, bugger. <laughs> it's the I. And then yeah, simple things like that. You can start to get really carried away with things like that. So and and again, there are a lot of websites online, yeah. and I think this is the thing. There's so much wealth of information online mm-hmm. um, that you can you know you can really you know, for any learning style that you have, you can really pick something uh, that works well, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to be a paid for um, platform to be good quality either. So I've, 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 I've done some you know, paid for stuff that I thought this is, this is just not really up to spec. Mm-hmm. And why did I waste this money on this? <laughs> and I've come across free, um, you know, free training and videos and things like that that have been really good, really professional, really thought provoking, um, and really learned a lot from. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very much your mileage may vary, but yeah, having gone from just being able to buy a book to, yeah, almost at my fingertips, particularly with Google, find answers to lots of problems and, and lots of things. It's definitely been a massive change. And I think these um, interactive courses uh, like um, Codecademy mm-hmm. are very, very, very good as well because, yeah. you know, you've, you don't, you know, you've got the code, you're doing the code there. It will tell you where your bugs are quite often. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's all part of the course. So it's not just someone telling you and then you have to go off and do it yourself and see if it works. It's all there for mm. you. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Before we shoot off, is there any advice that you can give to aspiring devs, people who are listening to this and going, oh, you know, this sounds really, really good. I'm going to learn to code this year. First, most important, get stuck in. You're not going to learn anything without doing it. So you've got, there's a wealth of IDEs and and tools out there. Um, If you've got a computer, it's very easy to set up, say, WAMP or MAMP. or a virtual machine. Uh, there are a lot of tutorials that will take you through doing this anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just get stuck in. The, you're only going to learn, and you're only going to you know, learn whether or not you like this and whether or not you've gone latitude for doing this <laughs> by uh, trying it. Um, there are a lot of nice, easy tutorials on there. Find some good tutorials that take you through the basics yeah. as well. So don't go straight in thinking, I'm going to create a you know XYZ app. I hear this a lot. Uh, people talk about a Hello World yeah. That's the first thing they do, and yeah. the reason for that. Partly, it's is to make sure that that, that your everything is working properly. Mm-hmm. So, if you want a web page to pop up with "Hello World," then you need to have your web server or whatever you're using to do the page sure. it has to be working. Your browser has to be there, yeah. um, but also because that's that's a first step in the language, getting it to give you some sort of response so you know it's working. 
Yeah. And then you can build on that. Yeah. And then you can build baby steps, do a little bit at a time just to build your knowledge slow, show, uh, slowly. And don't get discouraged if things don't work first time. Right. Because that happens to all of us. You know, it isn't easy. If it was easy, then you'd be able to do it without having to learn and without having to try. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, as you get more experience, you wouldn't uh, then have be very opinionated on how things should be done. If it was easy, it would just work. So yeah. things, it is hard. It isn't always going to just fall into place, but it's part of the attraction is the problem solving the element as well. And there's nothing like the satisfaction of, uh, you know, suddenly after two hours thinking, that's it. That's why it's not working. You make your fix and it works and everything's fine again. Yeah, definitely that, agree with that. Yeah. Good fun. yeah. It's, it's, it's getting that feedback loop. It's getting that quick feedback. You know, the hello yeah. world is, is such a quick thing to, to throw out and do. Yeah. And that's like the first tick. It's like, yeah, I got that working. Awesome. On to the next thing. Brilliant. So this is, this is the first episode of season three. Um, And what I've decided to do is change up the the end of question. Last year we did, um, or yeah, I'm going to say last year, even though it is this year, because we're doing the (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) anyway. uh, So the the last season's question um, was uh, to do with if you could talk to oneself, you know, in in say your previous experience what would you say uh what advice would you give this one's slightly different this is <laughs> this is if you could spend time learning something that isn't coding what would it be and why okay um <laughs> so i've got i've got kind of two um answers to this mm-hmm. uh, one is a um is a professional one Okay. Um, for career development, and the other one is a personal one. Um, so, in terms of um, for professional ones for career development, um, I think um, what I what I want to try and concentrate on this year um, is going to be around leadership skills, uh, mainly about uh, things like career development for people that work for me, mm-hmm. uh, not for myself. Um, and appraisals and you know how to be effective at coaching mm-hmm. so i do i obviously i do try and do this anyway because it's you know part of my you know part of my thoughts on what a good manager leader should be however i'm aware there's always stuff to learn and there are always better ways to do things or more efficient ways to do things so that's kind of for me that's that from a career development that's kind of my focus now is you know part of me you know being being in the position i am i do i'm a little bit removed from the coding anyway mm-hmm. so it's it's about that piece about you know how do i get the best and how do i bring on other people and okay. mentor better and, and all that sort of stuff so that's that side of it uh from a personal level um it's probably more around cookery. Oh, right. Uh, wow. Particularly things like I'd love to be able to make sushi properly. Right. Um, and I'd love to be able to do um, more authentic uh, dishes from other regions like Asian, um, Indian, um, Southern European and things like that. So if I could do if I could, um, you know, if, if this was a w- kind of a wish thing and I could do anything I wanted with my time. I'd love to spend time traveling and working in kitchens to learn how to cook regional dishes properly. So not the, you know, you get a, a pack from the supermarket and just follow the instructions, but actually you know, from basics, mm. you know, how in Thailand would they go about making a proper Thai green curry or something like that? Right. So that that would be from a, a personal uh, thing. That would be what I'd love to do. Oh, wonderful. 
Oh, I can see this question is going to be, uh, there's going to be some awesome answers <laughs> this, on this uh, season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting question mm. to, uh, to have to answer. Um, I, th- I think the other thing is uh, with, the, with the cooking, you can learn so much about culture just through the cooking. Right, yeah. Through the way they eat and the way they prepare things yeah. and, you know, understand about what, what ingredients are plentiful, what aren't. So, that, you know, every region has its own staples of, of the sort of food and that. It's just absolutely fascinating. And it gives a potted history as well. Right, right. So you would be totally absorbed in the culture uh, and, and yeah. you know, why they've done it, how they've done yeah. it, the tools they use. Awesome. Yeah, the techniques they use, yeah. and you know, you might start to see spot that. Well, you know, the South American cuisine obviously will be influenced by Spanish cuisine, right. but the other influences that come in. So, you know, well, we use this cooking technique, which is traditionally more sort of uh, northern um, Africa and things like that, and all those sort of things. Oh, wonderful! So, cooking is a fascinating subject when you get into it, and it's not too different from coding either. In what way? In the way that you are, you're taking, um, particularly if you're, all right, you're using libraries and things like that. You, you're taking lots of bits of something, and you're producing something um, completely different. So you're taking all these ingredients, so these different methods, these different variables, and things like that. You're putting them together in just the right way to get the outcome you want. So it's, uh, it is a, a creative process in the same oh, way. I love that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Um, what, shout out your twitter handles and all of that other jazz just um oh fine <laughs> you're asking me now so um the twitter handle is at about for 74 i believe it's the same for linkedin as well mm-hmm. um and yeah i don't i think i've got open dm so if anybody does want to contact me um you know i don't have a problem with that at all um so yeah um uh, those are the probably the best ways to contact me fantastic i'll leave all of those in the show notes below as usual thank you ever so much jeremy for coming on the show and Pleasure, i will boys. say have, have a happy holidays because this is we're actually recording this before christmas so yeah just before christmas <laughs> just, as it happens. literally just before christmas but yeah. uh, thank you ever so much and i just Thanks. want to say um for anyone who is who is learning to code uh, this year in, in well in, in 2020 um, we have a wonderful discord community um, for how to code well if you go to howtocodewell.net forward slash discord you can join you can join for free we've got um, a coding challenges channel uh, for coding challenges that I do every month um, I will also uh, review those live on twitch as well and put them up on the website and also there is a coding help channel too um, so if you have any coding questions you want to ask, then please, uh, do join and ask away. It's a nice, friendly, comfortable environment for new developers and other developers of different skill levels. But anyway, happy coding. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.